Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. Every day and twice on Sundays, they used to say. Would you also put your hands together for Pete Bowie in the house? Pete's one of our, every time you download a podcast uh, or see updates on our website, it's because Pete is serving from his home and uh, blessing us, looking after that media side of things, some of those technical issues. Thank you very much. And as we well and truly know, from time to time, technology has a habit of not quite working. And... uh, Pete is a problem solver in that, so it's good to see you, mate. I need, I need as much as fans as I can get. Oh, Yeah. That's, I was very sticky. How, how many of you slept? It, it was a bit sticky last night, wasn't it? One of those, one of those. Anyway, um, good thing is, Jay was up in Adelaide for this market, so I could spread out on the bed as much as I needed. Why am I saying that? I'm just buying time for the, uh, those guys to make their way to the other rooms. G'day. I'm really glad you're here. Thank you for being a part of our Double for Trouble, Double for Your Trouble. Sundays, this is our fourth and final for the year, as many of you would know. And I'm just looking around. I don't think we have any unfamiliar faces here today. So most of you should be, have access to our Bayside family Facebook page, and uh, for the next couple of Sundays, obviously next week, we have our 10am Super Kids Christmas production, and some of them, the U6s at least, will be, quote, graduating, so we'll be making a big deal of them, it's sort of our big thank you to the Super Kids, and Guy and Veronica will be giving gifts to those U6s, etc., so a big uh, big deal next week as a 10am, and then this week, we made a, what, it's a little bit of a last, not last minute, yeah, last minute, I'll call it that. We made a call to put a, have a deliberate rest day on the last Sunday of the year. Now, if you've only been part of our church for the last three or four years, that might be something that you've never heard of before, but it's actually been a part of a, the culture of our church for many years. Is that the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's, we say, let's not have a church meeting that day uh, for a number of reasons, but not one is a signal to say, we really believe in rest. Rest is a really important thing. You know, when God brought Israel out of uh, Egypt, none of them had jobs. They're all unemployed. They're on a big camping trip. All they had to do was pack up their tents every day when the cloud moved on. And it was in that environment where God said to them, I'm going to institute a day of rest for you. Rest is a really important quality. And this year, we have proven ourselves that we know what it is to work hard, to push through quarantine, shutdowns, double services, Worship in parks, live streaming, broadcasting, proclaiming the message of God. And now as we come to the end of the year, Jay was sitting in the backyard the other day and she said, you know what, I think it'll make a good statement for us to say, let's not have a Sunday meeting the last Sunday of the year. You know why? Because we can. Because we can. We're not, it's not a backing off because the government is saying we can't meet. It's us taking a step forward to say we know what it is to be a devoted soldier, 
a, a, a dedicated athlete, a hard-working farmer, and we've done that this year. It's also a way of saying, you know, the same God that works, that supports our hard work is the same God that causes the seed to grow when the farmer's sleeping, because we know what it's like to rest in God. And so we've kind of made that as a practical for our volunteers, but also something, again, of a prophetic statement this year, that we will have that last Sunday where we just won't meet formally in this environment because we believe in rest. And so we've done that for many years as a church, stopped it a few years ago as a tradition, but uh, traditions aren't the be-all and end-all. It's good to have structure and expectation and, and those scheduling and those type of things, but beyond the scheduling, we also believe in the winds and the, the winds of Holy Spirit as He speaks. So just a warning, that is that, and I did a bit of an announcement on that this week. So yeah, so this really, today is my last proper pastor's message for the year. Pastor's message, who says that? <laughs> Today is like my last kind of chance to speak with us as a church family. Next week, I might be making a guest appearance at the Christmas production, don't want to spoil anything. Of course, we have Christmas on the lawns on Christmas morning, but today's the last chance to kind of leave a message for the year. And so today, as we finish off 2020, I want to speak to you in and around the subject of hope hope. Thanks, Kay. Speak about hope, and a hope that does not disappoint. Some of you, depending on our age group, uh, are big on Christmas cards. I think I got handed one earlier, and hope is one of those buzzwords on Christmas cards around this time of year. Hope is what I was asked to speak on this weekend. Some of you saw that on Facebook as well, at the Josel and Mylene's conference in Manila yesterday. Thanks to John, Jono and, and Matt, who came in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we released a video to a significant conference in the Philippines. A whole network of churches gathered their pastors and churches together in different regions to watch that yesterday. Literally yesterday, we reached thousands of people in the Philippines thanks to that conference. And their conference was called Hope Alive. And... We ministered a message of hope into those contexts. And so it's a little bit of a theme, I guess, that I've been on this week. So today I want to talk about a hope that does not disappoint. But I start by making this point. We all know what it's like to hope for something that is not realised. Real people? Any real people? To have hope for something that is not, does not eventuate or does not come about. And we all know that what that presents for us is the challenge of disappointment. And depending on the height of the hope that we invest, the higher the height of hope that we invest in something happening, when it doesn't eventuate, produces this gap of disappointment. And that comes with a challenge. Of course, certain things we don't hope for particularly much. It's kind of like wishful thinking. Hope tomorrow, tomorrow's nice weather. You know, I, I kind of hope that happens. I hope that, that, you know, little things that we kind of hope for. But the, the higher our hope for something means the greater the potential of disappointment when those things aren't realised. There's a difference between hoping that you have perfect wedding, uh, weather at your wedding and hoping that the bride will actually show up. And if you're Richard Gere standing there at the altar when Julia Roberts turns around and does a runner, you've kind of had hope that's been disappointed on that day. It's a little bit like the same uh, with offence. 
being offended at someone. The more you respect someone, because let's face it, we don't all respect people at different levels, depending on how well we know them. If you have a small amount of respect or expectation in people, when they don't meet your expectation, well, here's the level of offence you take at them. They cut you off in traffic and make a one-fingered uh, wave at you or, or be rude to you or whatever. If you don't know them, you're like, nah, whatever, and keep driving, hopefully. But if someone like, well, me, did that to you, your expectation of me, your uh, respect level, or maybe I'll use Malcolm as an example. If Malcolm, <laughs> that you had a high level of respect for, if he did that to you, well, that sort of offence or that disappointment is higher. And so that's why it's true. The Bible speaks to this thing about having hopes that are not realised and the disappointment and the effect that that disappointment can have on us. So we all know the proverb, Proverbs 13, I think it's verse 12. It says, when hope, when we hope for something and it's deferred, it doesn't come about, it actually has the potential at least to make our hearts feel sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's that disappointment factor. On the other hand, of course, when that hope is realised, oh, that feels good. It's a tree of life. Another translation kind of puts it this way, a bit more of a contemporary type of version. It says, not getting what you want can make you feel sick. Uh, but a wish that comes true, interesting phrase, wish, hope, wish, a wish that comes true is a life-giving tree. The Proverbs are often like this, aren't they? They're often black and white, uh, left and right, you know, uh, it's, it's either that or the other, it's very stark. Life is often more nuanced than that, but Proverbs are written in this by, by, black and white way, yes, and whatever the word is, right? They, they're, written, they're written very contrasting like that. And of course, depending on the level of hope that was not realised, determines maybe how long that sickness affects our heart. If a little hope, we might go, oh, that sucks. Oh, well, get on with it. Now, it's just a little, little bit of, uh, didn't feel so good. Depending on how high that hope is, we can, that sickness can potentially affect our heart a little bit longer. And like you, as we reflect on this year, personally, uh, I've had a few personal disappointments in hopes this year for 2020. I, I, I spent New Year's Eve 2020 in, our, in my house with some friends. I remember us walking down the foreshore and, and, and past where we have Christmas on the lawns there at Flinders Memorial and, and walking towards to see the fireworks at, at midnight in 2020. And because I run along that way most mornings, I had this emotional memory trigger when I'm on that path to go, I remember being here at New Year's 2020. And I remember certain things I was hoping for this year, this year from missed ministry opportunities because of travel restrictions to cancelled family holidays because of travel restrictions and certain things I'd hoped for that didn't come to fruition. Uh, whether it was looking at my, none of you <laughs> can identify with this, looking at my superannuation balance in March <laughs> and seeing what happened to that, to the closure of church, to the complete closure of some businesses in our area, completely never return again, that I have loved and really enjoyed over the years. My hope for an ever-increasing trajectory of, of, of enjoying those things and seeing them grow was not quite realised this year. From being rejected multiple times by American publishers as a Christian author, to being unsuccessful numbers of times in auditions as an actor, 
to having a hobby taking away from me this year. A friend of mine used to own a sugar gum plantation and every winter I'd go out there, one of my favourite mental health hobbies, getting out my chainsaw and cutting up firewood. He sold that this year and I'm bummed by that because I really loved that hobby. These are things I was hoping to enjoy this year that weren't quite realised. So knowing that our friend, Glenis, was off in Flinders Hospital hoping the best for her and then hearing the news and understanding now I have to plan a very complex funeral here in Victor Harbour. To having a cousin, a 40-year-old cousin of ours, uh, get killed on the road in Bendigo and knowing that I could not attend, Jay and I could not attend that funeral because of border restrictions. To having my 95, 94 at that stage, year old grandmother get pneumonia, fall, crack a rib and being hopeful that we'd get to have a funeral for her this year. And then she survived. <laughs> and we were kind of disappointed in that, as was she. She really wanted to go, you know? Me and, me and Guy went to see her, we're like, Grandma, it's time to go. She's like, I oh, know, I want to go to Jesus, <laughs> so I want to go to Jesus. This week at three o'clock in the morning, they dragged her out of bed, they thought, she's, she's comatose, she's out of it. They called my auntie, they say, She's dying. You've got to come in and see your mum. She's, she's definitely dying. My auntie walks in. This, this week, auntie walks into the room and says, Hi, mum. And grandma's perky and going, Oh, hi. They thought she had a stroke. No, she's fine. She's still alive and she doesn't want to be. We were, we were hoping there'd be a funeral for my grandma this year. Anyway, there's certain different levels of hopes and expectations that are just not quite met. Am I not allowed to joke about that kind of thing? No? Okay, fair enough. I better... We'll, we'll just... Take that from the tape. These are just some of the personal things I'd kind of hope for this year. And of course, as a pastor, and like you, you hope for things for other people. I look at friends' relationships that I hoped would be restored, that I hadn't seen that. Yet I hope that for them. I hope for certain friends I've seen struggling with sickness. I'm like, I, I'm, I was hoping this year would be a, a, those hopes haven't been realised. I, I see certain other friends I, I hoped for things in their business and areas and desires that they've had that just haven't gone fulfilled this year. And so experiencing the disappointment of things that we'd hoped for that haven't been realised is something the Bible speaks to and is something that's universal. You're not alone when you hope for something that's not realised. Which begs the question, what the heck did Paul mean when he said, hope does not disappoint? I know Paul said it because it's on a meme. People have made plaques of this. It's on Christian magnets. You can look up Etsy and, and Pinterest and websites and see things like this. Hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. Well, what's true? That hope can be deferred and make your heart sick because you're disappointed or that hope does not disappoint? Come back next week and we'll be addressing that issue. Lord bless you. The answer to understanding anything about Scripture and when there appears to be inconsistencies, three rules to interpreting the Bible well. Context, context, context. This statement is part of a sentence. That sentence is part of a body of thought. That body of thought exists within a thrust of an entire book of the Bible. 
And that book forms part of an entire canon of 66 books. There is context to every scripture and four words taken on their own may not give us the full picture of what we need to understand. Yes, there is reality that we can be disappointed in things we've hoped for. The yes, it is true that hope does not disappoint. How do those two things work together? Well, we need to have a look at this verse in Romans chapter 5 and have a look at it in a bit of a more broader aspect. And today I'm going to do something I've never done before. Well, that's not true. I did it at 9.30. Today I'm going to do something I've never done prior to today. And that's read this passage of Scripture and look at it in various translations back to back. Complex, translating a language into another language is a complex task. It's not a precise science. That's why we have different translations that render things different ways. And so if you want to truly appreciate what may be being communicated, then we read multiple translations to see how scholars understand what's being said. So I want to read Romans 5. This is your takeaway passage to finish the year. Romans 5 verses 1 to 5. It's got a lot of Christmas buzzwords in there. You're going to see the word hope. You're going to see the word... Give me another Christmas word. Peace. You're going to see the word joy. You're going to see other Christian words like faith. Give me another good word. Grace. Okay, yeah, you're going to see that one. Love. You're going to see love. You're going to see Jesus. Okay, all these words are in this five verses of Scripture. Let's have a look. Romans 5 verses 1 to 5 and uh, we'll start off in the New King James. Are you ready? This passage has it all. Therefore, having been justified, there's another good word, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Having been, past tense, justified by faith, we right now have peace with God through Jesus. Justified is a legal term. It basically means, we're going to see this later, declared not guilty, acquitted, declared free. God looks at sinners and declares them sinless. Because our God, among other things, is the one who calls things that are not as though they were. And so he can look at a situation as a judge, okay, and declare a criminal innocent. But God is more than a judge. God is also, first revelation in the Bible, he is a creator. And what happens when God speaks a thing? It becomes what he says. So salvation is not just God declaring a sinner, a saint, you are righteous. When he says that, that person becomes righteous. Whoa. So it's not just a legal declaration. Because our God is creator, we literally become righteous. As I said, we're not sinners hiding away in Jesus, fooling God, because he sees us as righteous, but we know we're really not. I'm just hiding away in Jesus, and I hope God doesn't realize that I fooled him because I'm in Jesus. No, God saw you as a caterpillar and said, you are a butterfly, and a butterfly you became. Both legally and literally, we are justified, just as if we'd never sinned, and just as if we'd only ever obeyed, so the judge looks at us and sees Jesus. What? Come on, come on, come on, you've got to do better. Therefore, you have been justified by faith, and because of that declaration, we 
have right now peace with God. When you're on your deathbed, why am I going there today? You do not have to do something, well, let me put it this way. We often talk about people in their deathbed and saying, listen, you need to make peace with God. You've heard that phrase, yeah? We do not make peace with God. He made peace with us and that peace is a gift we received because He declares us justified. We have peace with God because of Jesus our Lord. Through Jesus our Lord, we now have access to this grace in which we now stand. We've been justified, we have peace with God, we stand in grace and in the future we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, past, present, future. And not only that, but as we're hoping for the future glory, we also glory now in our tribulations. That's actually a really good response. I'm happy you're getting it. We rejoice, we glory in tribulations because we know the tribulations need not be wasted. They are an opportunity to produce perseverance. And when we persevere, that perseverance develops character in us. And when we are developed character, we have hope. I thought we already had hope. Yeah, we have hope for the glory of God, but we rejoice as we go through suffering. Because we know it produces perseverance, character, and that character produces hope. Is it possible there's two different sort of types of hope? Now, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. Do you see this language, this Romans language of the gifts? He gave us justification. That gives us peace. It gives us right standing. It gives us acquittal. He gave us His love. He gives us hope for the future so that now with all these gifts, we know that whatever comes at us, those too can be seen as gifts, as opportunities to persevere, develop character and raise up a hope within us. And that is the hope that doesn't disappoint. Let's look at another version. What's this one? New Living Translation. Since, therefore, we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Or in your case today, where we now sit. Today, I sit in a place of undeserved privilege. We have received undeserved privilege and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And by the way, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials because we know they help us develop endurance and that endurance develops uh, strength of character and it's that character that strengthens a confident hope. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. This type of hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us Holy Spirit to fill our hearts 
with his love. We should never grow tired of the wonder of the gospel. Hello? You do not grow out of the gospel. We do not grow out of the fact that Jesus loves me. This I know, because the Bible tells me so. We never grow. This is why we share communion. We worship in songs. We remind ourselves of who God is and what He has done for us. This is the solid rock on which we stand. The Passion Translation puts it this way. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. And now He declares us faultless in His eyes. Isn't that good? Have you, you've, done a, you've done a banking transfer. Dave has a million dollars. He transfers it to Graham. What was in Dave's account is now in Graham's account. God does that with us. The righteousness that... Hey, the world done, Dave. That's great. The, the righteousness that was in Jesus' account. God did a transaction. Logged in and went... Transferred it. Transferred it to us. What a beautiful picture. Transfers God's righteousness to us and He now declares us flawless in His eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done with us. God's peace is something to be enjoyed. We can wake up in the morning, go to bed at night. I'm enjoying the fact I have peace with God. I don't know how many of you have lived under the tyranny of being ill at ease with a God who you feel is going to judge you, ready to punish you waiting for you to put one step out of the line to get you. The gift of righteousness means my conscience is clean and I know I have and can enjoy peace with God now. Let's not take that for granted. Peace with God. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvellous kindness that He has given us. A perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through Holy Spirit who lives in us. Are they beautiful words? One last one. Amplified Bible. I do this just to honour Joyce Meyer. I don't know who else used this, but Joyce used to use it all the time. Amplified. Therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God, This has happened by faith. Let us now grasp the fact that we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with Him through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah and anointed. Through Him, we have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly, safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope silent H, in our hope and the confident assurance 
of both experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of His excellence and power. And not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in, not for necessarily, but in our hardships, knowing that hardship, distress, pressure, trouble, disappointment produces patient endurance. And endurance, proven character, which is spiritual maturity, and that proven character develops hope and confident assurance of eternal salvation. So since hope in God's promises never disappoints us, because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. You see, it is such hope of that as that that does not disappoint us. There is a difference between hope that is just wishful thinking. I hope that'll happen. I hope that'll happen. I hope I get a good park at Woolies. I hope I, you know, I hope the item I want is, is actually there. I hope I don't bump into anyone I know. You know, there's certain things that we hope for that are just wishful thinking and minor things that is different to the hope that will not disappoint us that comes out of a mature character that knows I've been made right with God. I've been given the gift of justification, righteousness, peace with God, standing in grace, love of God put out upon me. I endure, I develop mature character and out of that mature character comes a hope. That hope does not disappoint us because my hope, I can hope for many things. But my hope is in one thing. My hope is not in things my hope is in a person. And that's why it never disappoints. Because my hope is in the one. I can hope for anything. But my hope is in the one who did this for me, and 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 promised this for me. That Jesus is the one in whom I hope. And so by all means, hope for tomorrow. But don't put your hope in tomorrow. Put your hope in Jesus, who is in your tomorrow. Hope for your family, for, for what is best for them. But don't put your hope in your family. Put your hope in Jesus, who is there with your family in all of the tomorrows. Hope for your self-managed super fund. But don't put your hope in your self-managed super fund. Put your hope in Jesus, who is in charge of all your tomorrows. Hope for anything you like. Hope for things. But understand, we put our hope in the one thing. We put our hope in Jesus only. A hope, it is a mature hope. A hope from those who truly know God and who realizes that these things are not just buzzwords for Christmas cards. But who know that love is is a real experience, that grace is really a place, that faith is confident trust, that joy is genuine, that peace with God is real, that justification is not a theological term, it is a reality and a gift that I know, that I know, that I know. And so when struggles and troubles come my way, I see it as an opportunity to persevere, character, and out of that character is a hope that knows I'll face disappointment for things I've hoped for. But I'll not be disappointed, disappointed in the one I hope in. In the one I hope in. That is a hope that does not disappoint.
And that's why the scriptures are full of stories, full of stories. The scriptures contain stories of people who were disappointed in things that they hoped for. In the previous chapter of this, in Romans chapter 4, before this, it talks about Abraham and Sarah, quite possibly. Uh, certainly in Sarah, people think that she had a disappointment in hope, month after month, as it were. Yeah. And another month, I'm not pregnant. Another month, I'm not pregnant. Is that what happened? Did she lose hope? Well, we don't really know. We're kind of reading that into the story, but we certainly understand the disappointment that she must have faced. It certainly tells us there that Abraham, regardless of a hopeless situation, in hope believed. In hope believed. He kept believing because he knew him who was invisible, Hebrew says. And these stories are given to us for numbers of reasons, but one of which is that we may be encouraged from the stories of those who are just like us, who know what it is to be disappointed. And so, here in this letter in Romans, towards the end, it says that all Scripture, everything that, that is written in the past, is written to teach us. It's written to teach us something. One of the things that it teaches us is that through endurance that the Scripture teaches and the encouragement of learning from others, we might have hope. From both seeing the examples of others and seeing the God who is the same yesterday, is the same God today and is the same God tomorrow. The one who has justified me, who gives me grace now, is the same God in my tomorrow. That was the thrust of my, our message yesterday to my friends in the Philippines. The eternal God, the one who's proven himself faithful before, is the, one, is the same God that is in our future coming. And so Mary and Martha, when Jesus arrived, they were disappointed that their hope was not realized for Lazarus. You know, they had hoped that he would be made well. Many of us, many of us know that hope. And they were disappointed in that hope. And yet, it's as if Jesus is saying, listen, don't put your hope in your timetable, in your time schedule. I've come four days late, according to you. But there is hope in the one who is the resurrection and the life. There's something beautiful in that story, that our hope is not set on in what will happen. But our hope is set in the one who never changes. And so even in the greatest times of pain and mourning, like Israel suffered, and as you read about the destruction of their city and, and the, the wars and, and things that they endured, they wrote songs of lament, lamenting how disappointing life can be. And in those songs of lament, how terrible life can be, how disappointing things are, how other people have really done badly by us, how we are disappointed in our own performance. Within those songs of lament, Jeremiah says this, I call this to mind. I call this to mind and therefore I have hope. It's the steadfast love of God never ceases. The steadfast love of God is there in all of my tomorrows. This disappointment I'm suffering is real right now. But it's not there in all my tomorrows. It need not be there, to this degree certainly, it need not be there forever and for eternity. When I have a, a grasp on eternity, I understand there's something about the steadfast love of the Lord that is always, 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 always steadfast. His mercies never end, never end, never end. One day suf my suffering will end. One day my sense of disappointment will end. One day these things will end, but the steadfast love of God, the mercy of God toward me is always there 
will always be there, will always be there. And they come to me fresh, fresh every morning because great and unending and unceasing is his faithfulness. And so the Lord is my portion of all the things that I want to inherit in life, of all the things that I hope for, of all the things that I want to gain, of all the things that I want to experience, of all the things that I want to be my portion in life. Actually, you're my portion. I hope for a lot of things. I hope to inherit a lot of things. I hope to experience a lot of things. But my hope isn't in those things. My hope is in you. You are my portion. And therefore, I say, I will hope in Him. I will hope in Him. Maybe this is too subtle a difference. Maybe I haven't repeated enough. Maybe I've repeated it too much. But there's a difference I just feel between hoping for anything you like, but having hope in in, only hoping only in Him. It is that hope that does not disappoint. As we often say around here, one of the most powerful things we can do in life, one of the most important things possibly about us, is knowing who we are, but more importantly, knowing whose we are, who He is. It's on the rock-solid foundation of a revelation of who Jesus is that will see us through the storms of life. Knowing Christ, what He has done for us, justified us by His grace. Given us peace with God freely. <laughs> Given us acquittal freely. Given us a place of grace to stand in freely. Poured out His love into our hearts freely. This God that has done this for me is the same God that is there tomorrow. In Him I hope. And even when challenges come, because we're all old enough in this room to know that while 2020 might have had its challenges and while we might walk down esplanade this year on new year's eve to see the fireworks that i don't think are going to happen are the fireworks happening this year are they are well i'll take her oh okay well if if they're happening at new year's great then we go down and we think you know what i look forward i'll have a look in the times okay 2021 as we look forward and hope for next year One thing we can know, one thing I advise you not to do, is hope for a year with no challenges at all. (laughs) Because you will be disappointed hoping for that. 2020's had its challenges, and so will 2021. Jesus went as far as saying, every day has trouble of its own. Every day has trouble of its own. But every day is a new opportunity to receive fresh mercy, to encounter a God who's already in my tomorrow. Wake up in the morning, good morning, Holy Spirit, He's already here. He's already here. He's already tomorrow. He's already in next year. He's already there for us. He's already there. And to understand that our hope is in Him who is there tomorrow. As we hope for many things next year, let's just ensure we continue to place and invest our hope in one in the person of jesus christ knowing as we look back in the past what he has done for us that death on the cross justified us declared us innocent today gives me peace with god i don't know everything about my tomorrow but i know today i have peace with god i might not have peace about everything that's fine i understand i don't have peace about everything tomorrow but i have peace right now in God. And I'll know tomorrow, I'll have peace in God tomorrow.
because he has declared me righteous. And so I have a sense of confident expectation of good because the good one is there. The good one is always there. And we can confidently face 2021 and the inevitable challenges that it will bring, knowing that those challenges will develop character that will actually help develop a more mature hope in me. Because I don't mind wishfully thinking for everything. For goodness sake, drive to Woolies in the middle of Christmas and hope for a good car park. Do it. Do it. Go for your life. It doesn't, hope for anything. Hope for the best present in your life. Keep hoping for things. But we know there's a difference between casual, wistful thinking hope and a mature hope that is solid and secure. It is that hope that will never disappoint us. And so today, I want to close the way Paul closes this letter to the Romans, with a benediction, announcing hope over the Roman church. And he does this not by saying, not by announcing hope only, but by announcing the name of God, who is the God of hope. These words aren't buzzwords for Christmas. These are deep words, faith, grace, love, peace, joy, hope. The God of hope, the God of love, the God of peace, the God of joy. Do you mind blessing the person next to you? Why don't we stand to our feet and we'll announce this benediction together. If you know the person next to you and you can appropriately extend your hand to them and bless them, then why don't you, with faith and assurance, say this after me. May the God of hope. And by the way, say it like you mean it. Right? See, that, see that person next to you? They're amazing. They're, and you're about to do, just like we do with that blessing song, may the Lord keep you. The Lord bless you. You know, it's not wishful thinking. You're announcing something powerful over them. The God of, who creates with his words. Imagine your words causing this to happen. Okay? Let's do it again, oh creating ones. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope. Oh, so much hope going on. <laughs> so that you may overflow with hope so that you may overflow with hope. Yeah, I think you believed it that time. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that your power would move through this person on my left, through this person on my right, this person behind me, this person in front of me. Would you bless them this year that the rhetoric of Christmas would not just be empty words or songs and carols that mean nothing to us but sentiment. Lord God, these are powerful truths. You are the God of hope. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the God of all joy. You have justified us, made us righteous. By faith we stand in this grace forever and we rejoice through any situation and circumstance, knowing that you are doing a work in us. We bless you, and as we see out this year, we say thank you for 2020. Thank you for this year. Thank you for the privileges that we've enjoyed. Of all the challenges and all the struggles, we have undeserved privilege of peace with God. 
undeserved privilege of the righteousness gifted to us into our account. We rejoice in you and we thank you that tomorrow you are already there. The one who never changes yesterday, today, tomorrow, you are the same. We trust you. We hope in you. And we call these things to mind in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day. Bye.